Welcome to episode nine of the Do Business Podcast. And before I introduce our next guest, I've got a very important announcement in that we have now secured a sponsor for the podcast. So we are going to be partnering with United SEO, full service digital marketing agency based in the UAE with offices in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. So um, offering services such as website design development, SEO, Google ads, social media marketing, to help brands and businesses to, to grow their, their overall brand awareness and to help them generate more leads. So really excited to have them on board as a partner, um, a company that's been in the region for a long time and really going to help us to, to spread the reach of the podcast. So delighted with that. Um, next guest and our first ever female guest on the show is Michelle Stridham. She is the CEO and founder of the SMG Group. And I met Michelle um, last year at a networking event. Uh, we connected really well straight away. Um, she was really kind of easy to talk to, nice, nice lady. Um, but also one of the things I like, like about Michelle is she is very straight talking and she will tell you exactly how it is. She's not afraid to, to pull the punches when, when, when needs be. Um, and she's really had a, a great career within the, the sales industry. Um, and as she explains, is now helping to helping other businesses and, and their sales teams to, to grow and improve their performance overall. So without further ado, this is episode nine of the Do Business Podcast with Michelle Stridham. Enjoy. Okay, three, two, one, and we are live. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, Lee. Thank good, you for having me. Good. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm very excited and pleased to welcome you as the, the first female guest on the podcast as well. So a very, very good way to start, I believe, in that sense. So yeah, looking forward to hearing a little bit more about your your journey so far in Dubai and uh, yeah, going into some more details. So let's go from the start, as we always do. How long have you been here? I have been here for over 14 years now. 14 years, wow. That's, that's a good period of time. Yes. And how, how has the place changed in, in that time? Well, to be honest, it's changed tremendously. I mean, in, in those days, 14 and a half years ago, Lee, I mean, you could pretty much get to most places in 20 minutes okay. in Dubai. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure other people have spoken about this, but the infamous Hard Rock Cafe yeah. was the iconic building um, on the Sheikh Zayed and there was absolutely nothing else and uh, I'll never forget when uh, we were going to rent our first villa driving out with the um, real estate agent she said oh this is very far up the city and nobody wants to live here because it's sort of half an hour plus out the city <laughs> and we uh, said no that'll be fine for us but now everything is just sort of so well developed yeah. and you know what the country's achieved and 14 years of me being here is, is, is quite phenomenal. Yeah, and has it gone quick? It has, yeah. it has gone quick, um, I must say. It, it just, the years just go quicker yeah. and quicker. Um, and because, you know, working and living in Dubai is, is pretty vibrant mm -hmm. um, and, you know, people work really hard that, that live here generally. I'm not yeah. saying other places don't have that sort of work ethic, but it's a busy, it's, it's a city that never sleeps like any Absolutely. other global city out there. Yeah, yeah. So you came over from South Africa? Yes, from... I, I actually did. I was at that stage working for a, a large multinational organization and the global director headhunted me and asked me 
to join the sales team that okay. they were setting up in Dubai. Yeah. So I duly did and started as their business development director. Okay. And that, so did you, so you were offered a job here while you were based in South Africa. That's did correct. you come here first to check it out? Had you been here before or did you just pack the bags and that was it? Well, to be honest, they were incredibly organized. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I, when looking back now, I obviously was, was viewed quite important yeah. because the global director was very, very kind and flew my husband and I over um, for a week to have a look at the place because okay. I don't rush into decisions, yeah. especially not big ones when you're moving countries. Yes. It's a massive move for yourself and your family. So uh, we came over and, um, you know, had a look and, and, and just obviously checked out the mm -hmm. place and saw a, a couple of things in terms of a bit of lifestyle in Dubai. And I'll never forget being struck by how beautifully manicured all the gardens were wherever you drove yeah. and how pretty and beautiful everything looked. But you know, when you, when you come over, you're excited. It's a career opportunity. It was a big global move for me with the organization. You kinda, you're, you're in a mode of excitement, almost a little bit like when you're on holiday. But to be honest, I'd heard of Dubai, but I didn't even know exactly where it was. Okay. I'm embarrassed to admit. But, <laughs> you're um, not the only one. <laughs> and, uh, so I thought, was it the land of desert and camels? Yes. So I was quite excited yeah, yeah. about that, yeah. you know, part of it. But yes, um, you know, so we, we came and uh, arrived in February 2005 and the rest was history. That's it. Wow. So when you, when you kind of came here first, have a look at it, could you, I mean, obviously, even 14 years ago, there was certainly a level of development, right? But mm. not to the level that we're at now. Mm. Could you see that potential for development? Is that kind of what attracted you? Or as it was then, was that still very kind of attractive and exciting? I think two parts um, lead to that question. First of all, you could feel the, certainly the dynamic sort of growth appetite yeah. that okay. um, Dubai had. So that was almost like electric in the air, so to say, big ambition, big plans. And that, that really spoke to me um, in terms of from a career prospect perspective. And what I loved about Dubai, it's really the center of the world. Yes. So from accessibility perspective, um, you know, it's, it's perfectly placed. Mm -hmm. But I never in my wildest dreams would anticipate the growth that actually happened in reality. Yeah. Um, I don't believe any of us, you know, living here as expats would have unlocked the vision that's really been, you know, achieved yeah. in that time period. Yeah, absolutely. So, came over, first job, got in, stuck in. How did that go? How was, how was the experience? Well, <laughs> I'm laughing because it was a baptism of fire okay. in, in, in different areas. And I'll tell you what I mean. First of all, you know, the organization is, was absolutely fantastic. Um, but starting out, you know, Dubai has over 200 nationalities. Mm. And I am very accustomed to, you know, I grew up and lived in different African countries. Okay. So I've dealt with expats and tons of different nationalities. So that doesn't perturb me at all or yeah. faze me. But, you know, coming here, the diversity of nationalities are huge. And what I... What I didn't realize is when you're communicating with your colleagues and maybe even your boss, 
um, thinking they understand what you really mean, actually they don't. Yes. And then they pretend to know what <laughs> yes. they do, and they don't. And nobody warns you about that. No totally one gave agree. me an HR book that says, um, you know, this is some of the the work challenges you'll face because yeah. you assume the everything's the same and with according to how you think and work, and it absolutely isn't. So that was a a baptism of fire in terms of just understanding those nuances yeah. um, and lucky I've adapted to change most of my life but you know it, it still takes you know some some adjusting to be done and no one told you your bank account would take three months to open in those <laughs> yes. days it wasn't as sophisticated I as think it it's is still now. two months now anyway well, it like probably that, yeah. is it's been cut down but you know by then you needed 72 pieces of paper 42 <laughs> stamps 100 yeah. signatures and then, you know, you were lucky if you, you, you saw it happening. you can't find anywhere to live without a bank account, but you Correct. can't get a bank account for months. And... and, and you know, other things I just took for granted. I mean, my, my driving license, I just thought, oh, well, great, it can be converted. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Ah, I had to have... jump on a big bus yeah, with okay. a whole lot of other people and, and ladies in Abu Dhabi um, and, and do my driving test all over again. Oh, okay. So, okay. I mean, I saw it as a challenge because to me the glass is always half full, not yeah. half empty. But I look back now and I laugh, but at the time it wasn't funny, mate. <laughs> I just thought, what the hell have I signed up for? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, there's so many different things, isn't there, to, to, to sort out and to start when you get here. And um, I think there's still a lot of challenges even now. It's probably evolved a, a, a little bit, but... Mm. Um, so it sounds like, yeah, like you say, a baptism of fire coming in. Um, and then have you, the, the kind of career progression, and have you, you stayed with that company for a period of time? Have you had a number of different roles to get to where we're at today, which we'll come on to? Yeah, great question, Lee. So basically, I'd been with that organization in South Africa for just under five years, okay. came across and had been in that role for just over four years where I was then promoted to my first leadership role, okay. heading Excellent. up a country for the organization, a sales uh, director for a, a, a sort of half of Africa yeah. in essence. Wow. And then what happened was I was doing that role for just over two years and then I was promoted to come back and head up the Middle East as okay. sales director as well as retention director for our UAE business, yeah. which was... Um, very large and very lucrative. So I came back to the organization in my second leadership role. So all in all was in a, a leadership post for over 10 years. Okay. And yeah, then um, that sort of all came to a conclusion middle of 2017. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. So a lot, a, a lot of learning along the way and experiences to, to help you. Very much so. And very, you know, obviously, um, started in the organization really as a sales manager myself and then you know had the privilege to work with teams under me okay. in terms of business development growth and um, so you know that was pretty exciting yeah. yeah yeah excellent so you mentioned something earlier on in terms of um, you know initially getting here and that kind of you know the, the, the language barrier and such um, and it is it is a challenge of course you know multiple multiple nationalities and cultures how how did you find that diversity or, or how important was it to kind of embrace the different cultures of different nationalities would you say for you know anybody that's that's looking at, at coming out here i think you've definitely you got to be able to come with an extremely open mind yeah. and you have got to have an endearing mindset of of 
being able to respect and, and know that you're going to walk a path of, of learning different things that makes different nationalities tick. So you've got to be able to kind of meet each other halfway. You've got to be able to embrace the diversity that the different cultures represent. And yeah. I actually, you know, find learning about different cultures, I find it, you know, stimulating. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it, it helps your own self-development yeah. and your own growth. And, you know, I've got a multitude of friends from all different nationalities. And I remember, you know, selling to clients from Singapore, most European countries, a lot of Asian countries. Yeah. And I think that really enriches one's life. So to, yeah. to shake off the stereotype um, sort of mindset and, and to just come with an open mind, understanding that you, you need to grow mm -hmm. and you need to be sort of endearing and you know, you, you've got to be patient yeah. with the process. I think people need to respect that. This is not a, a, you know, a quick fix, yes. it's a journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So looking at where we're at now, um, CEO of the SMG Group, is that correct? That is correct, nice. CEO Sounds and good. founder, founder, that is correct. So tell, tell me or tell us a, a little bit more about that in terms of the, the SMG Group and, and what that means or what, what it is and, and what you kind of do on a day-to-day -day basis, let's say, apart from podcasts. Apart from podcasts with you, Lee, absolutely. Well, the SMG Group is uh, a company that works with business owners up to large multinational companies, really helping them accelerate the growth of their business okay. through helping them gain more clients, yeah. through a highly effective sales process um, and a program called Whole Brain mm -hmm. Selling. Now, the Whole Brain Selling process is it really originated from my previous career when I started with that organization 18 odd years ago. They had a mandatory sales process that whether you were a sales leader or a sales manager, and at that stage they were in over 120 odd countries, okay. you, you had um, a lot of training on this particular program every single year. Yeah. So that's really where I cut my teeth with, with this process. Um, it made me the number one seller for the organization in different countries and mm -hmm. in my individual capacity and when I had the opportunity and privilege to lead some of the teams I did, we were able to obviously use that process effectively and improve our closing averages. I know, you know one of the best years we had when I went back to South Africa in my first leadership role, we were able to close deals and the closing strategy percentage at that stage was 14% and 12 months later was over 60 percent wow. okay. um not because i'm brilliant but because you know we worked hard together and the process delivers results yeah. so the gentleman who wrote that um, process over 30 years ago is today my business partner okay. Okay. so he actually trained and worked with me and my teams for over 10 years and now I'm his certified licensee as the SMG group to train all these wonderful programs that I did myself for yeah. so long. And I'm very passionate and confident to add value to other companies that obviously I work with. Excellent. How, how did you find the shift then from going to, because selling is a, selling is a incredible industry, right? It's challenging, rewarding, hard, tough. Um, you've obviously spent a lot of time selling and then of course there was moving into kind of the management and leadership and that now it's kind of the, the, the training side. How was that shift? 
Um, to be honest, a couple of things come to mind. Um, in my, my roles leading the teams that I did globally, um, I, you kind of, as a leader, you're training and mentoring Lee all the time. Yeah. And what I did is, you know, we used to have the formal training once a year, but I worked really hard and did a pretty good job at maintaining the consistency okay. of that training. So we kept the process alive by me training them. Um, and then I used to empower my team to kind of lead the training processes as well um, around our different steps. Because yeah. the key seven steps is where you can win or lose the deal in our, our sales process of whole brain selling. So we kept it alive and, and the training for me um, wasn't a difficult thing. I was doing it anyway. And you know, heading up an organization where a big part of that is doing presentations. Yeah. You gotta be very comfortable in that space. And to be honest, I think that's probably one of my biggest strengths. Okay. So the transition for me is almost now I'm a combination of both. Yeah. I'm still leading um, the organization, which is my, my company, the SMG mm -hmm. Group. And I'm now still selling. Yes. So yeah. the only thing you know I'm not doing is leading a huge host of, of, of people underneath yeah. me yet. Um, so I have to do both, yeah. which I'm very comfortable in. Obviously, heading up your own business brings a whole new dimension to that. Yeah. So, so that growth and that um, journey for me has is, is also been a, a, a good development yeah. for, my, for, for myself and um, I've enjoyed it yeah. so far. So not yet, I like that, not mm -hmm. yet. So you plans to continue the growth and, and look at expanding and adding, adding a team of people perhaps in, in the future? Very much yeah. so. You know, I always believe um, you've got to walk before you can run. Yeah. And I'm an individual where I'm not going to overextend myself for the sake of it. Um, but certainly I am uh, ambitious and I definitely have um, the determination and the vision yeah. to be able to, to, to expand the SMG group beyond um, the UAE borders because my, my clientele territory now um, with organizations I work with um, Lee or globally, mm -hmm. I mean from Asia to, to Africa, um, Europe, UK. Okay. So I've got a big, big territory where, you know, I'm either, you know, training face to face yeah. or doing some sales yeah. consulting or coaching. So it just depends what the client's challenges are. Yeah. Okay. So watch this space. Yes. Yes. So selling in Dubai, is it different than anywhere else in the world? No, I, I don't, you know, first of all, I've got to say that people in a sales role, I admire tremendously, not just mm. because I'm in that role, because I think it's the hardest job to do. You get beaten to death on a yes. daily basis. Everybody wants everything for nothing. They want you to prostitute your price. <laughs> you know, they threaten you with your competition. So you've got to have tremendous skills to survive that onslaught. Yeah. A, you know, and... and You've got to be confident in your own ability mm. because let's be honest, in terms of whether you are a business owner or you're in a sales team, you know, growth is all about getting more clients. Yeah. And to get more clients, you've got to be good at selling. And most people I work with admit to never ever being um, sent on any formal sales training. Yeah. So what happens, and I was like that before I entered you know, the world I did, but we, we sell according to the process we think is right, based on our experience, based on our track record, and based on maybe one or two courses or things we watched you know, on YouTube or whatever it is okay. to improve our own skills. But how do we know what is the right framework and running track to make sure that we're going to close more deals and accelerate 
you know, and smash those targets the bosses are expecting us to do. So sales, whether you in Taiwan, Florida, London, South Africa, or Dubai, selling is selling. Yeah. But you've got to understand to me the power of your own strength. Mm -hmm. So what is the strengths that I have as a sales professional? How can I accelerate that? And like everybody, we all have a bit of blind spots. Yeah. Um, and I also work um, in, in my business here. I'm a, a certified behavioral analyst. So I offer my clients wonderful world-class assessments that helps them understand you know, what does it look like from a sales performance and, and, and the skills and abilities that you possess? What does it look like when you look in the mirror? Yeah. And I help you see that. Um, because a lot of people, unfortunately, get hired into sales jobs and they get set up to fail because the people that hire them don't know, can this person do the job yeah. I'm expecting them to do? But more importantly, do they want to do the job we're expecting them to do? And that's linked to a person's personal motivators. So what is their behavioral style? What motivates them to get out of bed and take action every yeah. day? And that's linked to a person's value system. And behavior you can observe, but a value system in an individual, you can't look yeah. at them and work it out. So selling is, is, is tough wherever you are. You have to have certain abilities to start out. And you know, really, the first client that hired me um, in, in my business now as the SMG group was terrible in selling. She said to me, I can't sell, I don't like people, and I don't know what the hell to do. And you know, she, she's made a tr phenomenal transformation, and I don't care if you're an introvert. A lot of clients hire me and say, oh Michelle, but I hate selling, I hate networking, I'm an introvert. That's fine. I will make you the best you, you can, can possibly sell. be. Yeah. But you know, some of my top sellers around the world were not bouncing extroverts. Yes. You know, everybody wants to buy Lee, but nobody wants to be sold to. I don't even want to be sold to. Sellers irritate me when yes. they come to me and sell to me. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I love sales. This is my passion. So I get it. I've sat on both sides of the chair. And, and to be honest, you know, I've done this training, you know, in Shanghai in US, UK, the process doesn't change yeah. that we try and help you have a roadmap to improve your success. But what happens is we abandon the process, the process doesn't abandon us. And I've had people say, oh, Michelle, this is, you know, this is Shanghai, this won't work in China. Oh, the diversity of our culture in South Africa, this won't work. Yeah. It's rubbish. It does work. It selling is selling. Yeah. It's the areas of where do we need to help you become better? Mm. Because everyone's got challenges. And I think the two things, Lee, that stand out for me and where generally most of my clients struggle with is they don't know how to close yeah. properly. Um, and, and more importantly, they just, they don't know their starting point and their, their own ability. Okay. Um, so, so closing is not easy. I yeah. mean, I still screw up every day where I walk out of a meeting saying, why the hell did I do that? <laughs> I mean, we normal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are there, is there like a, a kind of a theme in terms of, let's say, mistakes in, in sales that you see with, with your clients out here? Uh, is there like a consistent thing or, or pattern that, that emerges, would you say? A Couple of things strike me um, in terms of standing out. You know, we we are always going to come across the price objection, yeah. and most of the time, it's really difficult.
for business owners or, or sales teams or even sales leaders to effectively know how to get over those objections. Mm -hmm. And there is a skill to that. And unless somebody has shown you and taught you, you know, you, you're kind of flying from the seat of your pants. But, you know, generally, you know, mistakes that can happen is, is we feel the need to everybody we sit in front of as a prospective client, mm -hmm. oh, we've got to close this client. Yeah. Well, no, that's not correct because yeah. you've got to understand who is your ideal client. Because if I'm selling a product or a service, I'm still selling. If I'm selling, you know, advertising space on a platform, you know, what is my, my key market? What is the skills that we need to understand who we're going to go after? Because yeah. a lot of people waste time chasing clients that are the wrong clients, yeah. but more importantly, not picking up the warning signs where the client was never going to hire you in the first place. Mm. And, you know, a lot of the times clients can use us to validate their tender process. Yeah. Don't walk down that road yeah. because you're just filling the numbers. And if you're never going to be the cheapest, why waste your time? You know, you attend 22 meetings in month number four and then the client says thank you Lee but yeah. no you haven't got Lots the deal you know I'd rather know that in meeting number one yeah. thank you because in sales time is money yeah. so you know it's fine to walk away and say no and I've done that in my career and believe me it's not easy yeah. it's not easy when you've got to make targets and the boss is on your back and the CEO wants results you know you've got to be able to say what is my sales strategy that is going to increase the probability of me being able to land this deal and those are some of the things people need to think about yeah, um, which is easy and sometimes it isn't. Do you think that comes out of desperation for from the from the salesperson to you know to, to just try and get numbers on the board get deals in and, and rather than looking maybe more longer term and they'll just give prices and, and so on? Yeah, I think I think sellers fall into, you know, the the trap that is set for them, whereby, you know, one part of me says sellers get what I call commission breath. It's like, <laughs> give me the deal, give me the deal. Yeah. You know, need to make the sale. So there is a there, there could be potentially a desperation threat in their behaviour, yeah. which will impact ne uh, negatively. And not only that, Lee, the clients smell it. Of course. It's like yeah. the circle you know of, yourself, of desperation. You You're giving off the sales yeah. odor of desperation and they can smell you a mile away. Um, and, and, you know, falling, falling into a trap. And, and to be honest, to defend the poor, poor sales professionals, because I've been there myself, a lot of the times is when, when we've got a longer sales cycle, depending what your product or service is, you know, you've got to be realistic as a sales leader or the, the head of the business. You know, if you're hiring somebody, you've got to allow them time to settle in, understand your business, understand your product and service, because where they came from, which could be a competitor or maybe another industry, the way you work, your organization, your culture, takes time for people to adjust. And most of the time, bosses and leaders are damn unfair. And people come and five minutes later, oh, well, why haven't you made a damn sale? Yes. Well, you've been here for five seconds. So, you know, you've got to allow people proper induction process yeah. 
and I used to put my team through rigorous, rigorous settling in induction and I never used to allow them out to sit in front of a client until they, they passed the Michelle role, role, role play test. Okay. Because I used to say, right, and I used to pretend I was a client. Yeah. So tell me about this, tell me about yeah. that. Because, you know, always prepare for the questions you don't want to hear. Yeah. And a lot of the times we don't think like yeah. that. So you want to, you know, arm your sales team with bullets in their gun, not a pea shooter, and expect them to win the war. Yeah. That's just stupid. And a lot of the times I see that happening in companies. So yes, we also, with my, my leadership hat on and my CEO hat on, we also can't keep people who are freeloaders. And if you can see people aren't performing, there's a process that one needs to follow. Yeah. Because, you know, some people aren't trainable. Yeah. Some people Absolutely. might not cut it the way we thought they would when we hired them and they were brilliant in the interview yeah. process. So know what you're taking on. And, you know, a couple of clients I've worked with when they've done some of my, my assessments, it has actually saved them money that they would have wasted hiring someone who was totally the wrong fit for the yeah. organization. So I'm glad I could at least save the organization money and letting them know eyes wide open, is this a good fit or not a good yeah. fit? Yeah, it's interesting. There's so many different parts of, of what you've said in terms of the process and the, you know, and, and, and managing and, and training people and, you know, and, and how they work as well in terms of, of sales and, and, and how to achieve success and how to perform. Um, if we go a little bit back to, to kind of your time, Michelle, in, in Dubai, it's obviously been generally what I say a very positive experience. I'm sure there has been some challenges along the way. What would you say, if there has been any, um, has been the biggest challenge you've faced whilst living, working here? And how did you then overcome that challenge? Uh, I have to say, Lee, what stands out is certainly the market volatility okay. in the last 14 okay. years. You know, I've, I've been fortunate to experience the incredible high yeah. and, you know, the incredible, you know, drop in that, in that yes. and when you hit the bottom yeah. in, in terms of the trough. So from a business perspective, um, that has been challenging, not only for myself, but every business I believe out there. Um, so it's, it's been able to understand how to weather that storm and in those situations, how to really revisit your business strategy. Okay because from that perspective when you know markets are going through tough economic times as they generally do globally and obviously specifically i'm talking about my time in dubai it's you know that can also present opportunities so how can you in in, in times when it's tough be able to tap into opportunities in terms of either you know, are we going to look at a, a, a firm retention strategy that's going to buckle the hatches down and weather yeah. the storm? Or is it going to be more around, you know, we're going to accelerate growth? Why? Because, you know, generally, if you're struggling, most of your competitors are too. Yes. So it's not just you, you know, going through sort of that roller coaster ride, but knowing how to make those adjustments and knowing how to really have a, a clear strategy that says, okay, to weather this storm, what do I need to do? What's the value I'm gonna to bring to clients that is, is, is you know, going to ensure that my business survives? Yeah. 
um, because a lot of businesses out there are in survival mode. I've seen businesses shut overnight. You know, I remember coming back from a holiday, the tail end of 2008, and you know, half my sales pipeline disappeared. Mm. And the businesses are gone. The businesses are yeah. gone. And I had really senior clients calling me, asking me if I knew of a job or could, could our organization hire them. And I have to say that really hit my heart mm. in, 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 a, in a, you know, heavy place because it was, it was severe, it was instant. Um, so, you know, you, you've got to be able to, to weather those storms and keep going and look for, for opportunities in terms of keeping your business afloat. Yeah. And we talked about kind of the, you know, I guess the, the, the growth that, that you've seen in, in the region since you've been here. Do you still see that growth continuing in, in Dubai going, going forward? Do you think that that's possible? And I know potentially there's a bit of challenging times you could say at the moment. Do you think we'll keep on, keep pushing the boundaries or will it start to level out? I think, you know, the, the, if, I, if I think back in the, the height of, you know, when, when the economy was probably at its best from a Dubai perspective, I mean, there, I'll never forget, landlords were charging over 300,000 yeah. dirham when to rent that, a villa. When was, when was the, 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 the sort of peak? 2007, yeah. early yeah, into 2008. It, yeah. You know, even tail end of, of six, 2006, yeah. I mean, it was really, businesses were booming, Printing it was manna from heaven, oh, you know, yeah. it was it was all great stuff and landlords were milking it. You know, now you could get those same villas for half the yeah, price. Absolutely. So, you know, dramatic, dramatic changes. Now, you know, things are leveling out. Yes, I mean, that situation was probably extreme, was probably unrealistic from a... A, a market economy perspective yeah. it's leveling out yes. and depending what business sector you're in some have you know been okay some have sort of tanked and, and had uh, tougher times but you know at the end of the day it's also about right sizing and sort of having a fit for purpose business that's going to continue because you know Dubai still has opportunities mm -hmm. um, I also think people need to be realistic and they need to come here not with rose-tinted glasses yes. either yeah. um, because you know the market is volatile your job is not guaranteed yeah. if you're not performing you know you're at high risk of, of losing it which could you know end your career and possibly you'll have to pack up your family and go back where you came yeah. from those are the hard realities that you know people people are facing yeah what would you say is the for anybody that's you know looking to make the move over here what would be the key to success? The key to success is do your homework. It starts with a word that, funny enough, is the first stage of our sales cycle called research. Yeah. You have to seriously research and lead to know what you're walking into. If you've got a great job offer, that's great. There's still phenomenal companies mm -hmm. here that are growing really well. The bigger ones, you know, your small, medium ones that are, you know, muscling up as well. But you've got to, beyond what your potential employer is telling you, you've got to do a lot of your own research. Because yeah. a lot of stuff they're not going to share with you. Yeah, you've got the, the positive picture all the time. Correct. And, yeah. and let's be honest, because they're selling to you, course, aren't they? Yeah. They want you to come over. So, you know, look beyond the fine print in your offer mm. letter. You know, have a look, does your package and ask questions. I can't stress it more. Ask, ask, yeah. ask. Does my package include a housing allowance, a school allowance for my children, 
What areas will that afford me to live in? Um, because a lot of people I know through business uh, associates I've established and through personal friends, you know, they come here and, oh, I didn't know I had to work on a Saturday twice yes. a month. No one told me that. And then they're devastated. They come over here thinking, great, we're going to get into the five-star gin and tonic campaign and live a lifestyle of wonderful. And then, you know, end up being in shock for six months, depressed for the other six, and say, what the hell have I done? And because you need to do your homework, yeah. talk to others, talk to friends, um, you know, reach out to people that, that are here. And as I said, no one's going to give you an HR book either. So, you know, you can come here and have a great career. You can have a really good lifestyle because, you know, Dubai is a wonderful city and it's, it's home to me now. Um, so, but you need to understand what you're signing up for, research, uh, and just make sure that you, you're looking at both sides of the coin, yeah. not just the positive, because any place that you move to is going to have pluses and minuses. Yeah. But just understand what it is you could be walking into and you don't want to make a huge move, you know, to upheave your family and leave what could be a good job back home thinking, you know, you're going to strike it rich. Yeah. Maybe you won't. Yeah. When you get here, you've definitely got to put the work in as well to, to achieve that. Very much. Yeah. I mean, people, I would say, just a personal opinion, I reckon 70 to 80% of people living in this beautiful city, it's all about work. Yeah. So yeah, the work-life yeah, work totally. balance Lee, is maybe not in the best place yeah, it should be. It is. I, I agree with that. It's very much, you know, people come from different countries and, and they're here for that kind of reason, aren't they? But at the same time, I find it quite, it's quite good to be around because yes. you're all kind of pushing and on the same mission as, as such and you know yeah people literally it's 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 non-stop you know and it is six days a week in, in most cases for people isn't it so, very much so is there anything that you know now that you wish you would know when you first moved here as I said, besides knowing that I needed to do my license again. <laughs> you wouldn't have come if it was that. Well, I, I could have thought, hang on, well, you know, let's just chat about that. But, you know, to be honest, it's, there's nothing, what I probably would have liked to have been sharper on myself is, is learning Arabic. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, I really should have made a better effort mm. to do that, and I just didn't. Yeah. So, you know, that was something I probably should have put more, yeah. more thought to. Do you think that that's important? It is. Yeah. You know, I think learning, you know, new languages is, is important depending which part of the world you're living in. Yeah. But, okay. you know, we're in a, a, a beautiful, you know, country. I mean, the GCC, Arabic is, is yeah. the dominant language yeah. in so many countries. So, you know, why wouldn't one want to embrace that? Um, in terms of not only culturally, but you know, business. Yeah, 100%. And you know, let's massive be honest, advantage. massive advantage. And you know, the uh, Arab uh, culture are phenomenal negotiators. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of them at, at senior levels and different levels, and they just, you know, I never stop learning from them. So yeah, that, that's something I probably yeah. would have done differently. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good, it's never too late though. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Next time we'll do this podcast in Arabic. I think so, test my skills. Go, yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of, obviously we talked about, you know, kind of the, the, the job, the, the career, the business side of things, Dubai. How about living here? How? How much do you enjoy the place as, as somewhere to, to live? I have to say, 
I love living here. And you know, there are days where yes, you miss home, yeah. you miss your family, that's absolutely normal. So there's not all booming days. Yeah. But as I said, this is this is home for me. And Dubai extends and offers so much to you. Mm. Um, first of all, it, it, it offers you a phenomenally spoiled five-star lifestyle. Yeah. You know, if you're in an office, you become a bit lazy, to be honest, which I don't like, because everything's done for you. Coffee's done for you, your car's washed, things are valeted, you know, and, yeah. and you, what you kind of did yourself. And you we made these coffees ourselves, right? Yeah, absolutely, we did. <laughs> absolutely, we did. I can still see my heart on the top of mine, beautifully decorated. But so, it, it's you want for nothing. Yeah. You know, you're spoiled for choice. And, you know, what, what I've also enjoyed about living in Dubai is the, there's little things you can do that don't cost money. Because yeah. let's be honest, any city is expensive and Dubai is mm. no different. But, you know, I really enjoy, for example, when the, the, the weather's a little bit cooler, which, you know, we're, we're entering there. into now. Yeah, we're getting, getting there now. Yeah. We're getting there now. You know, taking a lovely long walk on the beachfront yeah. promenade. It's a wonderful vibe. You know, there's a lot of wonderful people that you walk past, say hello, smile at, and I love it. You know, exploring and, and visiting the other Emirates yeah. outside of Dubai yeah, yeah, because there's a lot there that sometimes you just get kind of stuck in a rut and you forget about yeah. that. So there's more beyond Dubai and you know the growth of Abu Dhabi. I used to work there as okay. well. So there's so much that you know Abu Dhabi offers you that's different to this city. Yeah. So much to see, so much to do. Very much so. So I, I enjoy that. So yeah. Much. And do you get back to South Africa often? Um, I do now and again. Yeah. Depends. I think the family and friends trying to negotiate always to come over and okay. visit because okay. it's far more exciting ah, coming here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, is it our turn to come <laughs> over? Oh, are you coming to us? Oh. But you know, we we um, we we go over and obviously yeah. um, at least at least once yeah. a year, and I. I also have some, you know, do business there with yeah. um, obviously clients that I know. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm picking up some nice momentum and, and business in South yeah. Africa as well, which is great. So I know we have had some listeners in the past in South Africa, and I'm sure the audience is gonna treble by the time you've reached out to your network with this. So anyone in South Africa looking at a move to, to Dubai, you'd speak positively about making that, that move. There's, there's far more positives than negatives. Yeah. Um, you know, and I have to say, uh, in terms of how the country is, is ruled and, and, and governed, you know, from a, a woman's perspective, you know, number one for me is safety. Yeah. And everybody says that, not just me, male, female, you know, we, it, it is it's just such a, 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 a wonderful thing to have peace of mind, yeah. knowing that if I want to walk around in my complex at 10 at night, yeah. you're not going to do anything foolish in any city. I think that would just be provoking trouble. Mm -hmm. But to be able to, to, to feel, you know, you have that peace of mind walking around, taking a jog, walking you know, out with your child or whatever yeah, it is, 100%. you know, this country affords the, the wonderful stability around that and I really must commend them for that. So yes, there's, there's uh, nothing's perfect, but there, there's far more pluses and negatives. Yeah, um, one last question. We, I think we met, if I remember correctly, through a networking events maybe i think it was phil who's a previous guest of the the podcast yes one of his um, events and it's been a bit of a theme in the podcast in terms of the importance of growing a network here do you agree with that and, and how have you gone about doing that well i tell you especially running your own business but not having networks to me is suicidal mm. 
So, you know, I know Phil personally, I've, I've worked with Phil and, you know, he's a great guy and he's really good at what he does. And, you know, building that network is, is critical because if you're not forming new business relationships yeah. that, you know, can turn into personal ones, maybe not, but it's, it's always looking how we can extend ourselves, especially in the sales field, to, to keep building and, and progressing our networks. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of networks out in Dubai mm -hmm. professionally. Um, I've visited um, some of them, not all of them. And I've also branched out and, and joined other business networks, um, business councils, okay. ones that, you know, you've got to, I always say you've got to put yourself out of your comfort yeah, zone. Absolutely. You've got to get out there because, yes, you're not going to, you know, connect with everybody. It takes time to forge relationships. Yeah. And especially in sales, where relationships is everything because people buy people. Yeah. You know, they're not gonna buy my product or my service, yeah, they're yeah. gonna buy me. Yeah. So how are you gonna grow that if you're not getting out there and, and going to network groups and, and there's you know, great ones out there um, that you can, can really build on. Yeah. Doing nothing to me is not an option. Yes. Yeah. That's just my view. No, definitely, I would agree. Um, very, very interesting, Michelle. Lots of good um, advice and tips and experiences on, on your journey so far. Uh, and I'm sure the journey is going to carry on, going from strength to strength from now as well. So um, if people want to reach out and find you, I'm sure you'll have some people want to ask some more questions maybe after this, hopefully. Are you all over social media? Are you in a particular place? What's, what's best? I know you're on LinkedIn. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm pleased to say after being a social media dinosaur in my previous life, I am on um, my own personal LinkedIn as yeah. Michelle Stratum. And then the SMG group has their own LinkedIn site. Fantastic. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Wow. And I really evolved. Even my past uh, team that worked with me used to say, congratulations, Michelle, you've entered the real world. <laughs> so I am. And, you know, in, in all seriousness, if, if anybody wants to reach out to me, please, you can email me directly yeah. on Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. At the SMG Group or one word dot net. So Perfect. please free to reach out. Perfect. Okay. Thank you very much. LinkedIn, a good place to, to reach you as well. Yes. Email. I'm sure, you'll be happy to have a chat with people and see if there's any way you can uh, you can help. But yeah, um, really, really enjoyed chatting to you. It's been very interesting. Now we've had some good chats in the past, but I've learned a lot myself as well and know a little bit more now. So I'm sure there'll be some uh, some good value for the listeners. So thank you very much for joining me. And maybe we'll uh, we'll go again in a in a few months' time and see see how things have changed. Definitely, Lena. I first have to say thank you for this wonderful experience. I've no really problem. enjoyed hanging out with you, and being the first lady on yes. the podcast. Yeah, I am is... absolutely honoured. And you know, yeah. you would have been in deep trouble if it exactly, wasn't me. Exactly. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's if why it you wasn't first, me, yeah. I would have absolutely camped outside his office. <laughs> but no, seriously, <laughs> and you I couldn't risk it. So you yeah, you were exactly. the first call up. So no, but I appreciate I, that. I'm honoured yeah. honoured to have been that, and I have no doubt you'll have wonderful ladies that. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll follow behind. Yeah, we've got to get some more now. Yeah, some absolutely. More up the girl power. Yeah, up the that's girl it. Power. Yeah. So, no, that's brilliant. Thank you very but thank much. Thank you Michelle. so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. That was episode nine of the Do Business Podcast. A huge thank you, as always, to our guest, which was Michelle. 
really, really valuable information, some great experiences and um, that she has that she has been through and that she shared with us on the, on the podcast. Lots of great tips, lots of great advice, uh, and an overall very positive view on, on life in Dubai. She's been here for, for a fairly long time, coming over from South Africa, and has continued to really develop herself and, and grow grow to, to become very successful. Um, but it doesn't sound like she's stopping anytime soon, which is really good to hear. Uh, I've got a lot of time for Michelle, really respect her. She's a great lady, um, and I'm delighted she could be our first female guest as well. So really enjoyed having a chat. Um, some of the points that she, she mentioned that, that kind of um, made a lot of sense to me was in terms of, you know, one of the keys to success, and it really goes back to the start of the journey out here, um, if you are making a move, is to really do your own homework and research. Of course, generally, if you're coming over here for a job, then you know your employer is going to paint a very, very good picture. But you do need to ask questions and find out exactly what you're getting into. What will you be covered for? What will you not be covered for? What will you need? What will they be helping you with? Because there are a lot of things to, to, to do when you arrive in order to get set up. Um, some companies support in, in more ways than others, so it's really important to ensure you know, you know that. Um, one of the things Michelle mentioned was, you know, one of her challenges was getting started um, just with something like a driving license. She had to redo her test to, to be able to drive out here, which quite a lot of people from different countries do. Um, there's some that don't, um, particularly if you're from the UK, you, you're lucky you don't have to do that if you've got a license, but it's definitely worth just checking that out. Um, another point you mentioned, and again, it's been it's been um, discussed before, is just kind of having an open mind and really respecting and embracing the diversity of cultures that are within the region, and doing your doing your best to learn about them. And I agree with this because I think it it, it shows it shows respect and it puts you in a good position if you can understand the cultures when you're dealing with this, these people. It will it will really really help you. Um, she did mention again one of the challenges that can be you know the vol- volatility of the market or that's been one of her biggest challenge challenges and and that that you know that can can happen again in the future it's just about learning from the ups and downs and, and the challenges and using that as part of your future plans so a lot of great tips a huge thank you again to Michelle um, and you can reach out to Michelle she's on LinkedIn she searched for her Michelle Stridham you can email her at Michelle at the smggroup.net and I'm sure she would be more than happy to, uh, to, to get in touch or for you to get in touch and, and have a chat with you from there as well so again thank you very much michelle i hope you all enjoyed that i'm sure you did um episode 10 will be going live soon and on episode 10 we've got another incredible female in lisa hugo who is a voice coach to speakers and singers um so yeah that one will be shared um and as always please do leave a five star review uh it really does help to to get the podcast out to more listeners so thank you for listening as always and we will uh we will we will be back soon 